Hey, how you doing? Brian Kane here with the Mental Performance Mastery Podcast. And today I am thrilled to bring an army of excellence to the podcast. Today, my guests are members of one of the most elite high school athletic programs in the country. It's, it's the women's soccer program from Ohio's Strongsville High School that just wrapped up a nationally ranked 20-0 perfect season during the pandemic. And here on this call, we've got Denny Ziegler, who's the school's athletic director. We've got Todd Church, who's the head coach. We've got members of the women's soccer team, Sarah, Shelby, Maddie, and Peyton. And we've got assistant coach John joining us here today. So it's a legendary program that has had massive success, and I'm so thrilled to have you all join us today to talk about mental performance. So first, Coach Church, I just want to say congratulations to you and your team. I'm pulling off the perfect season. And what was it like for you as the clock is ticking down and you see your team during this difficult time of a pandemic that your team's about to win a state championship and pull off a perfect season? What was the emotion like for you in that moment? There was a ton of emotion, Brian. Um, and it really put me to my knees, really. And uh, I was just so happy for the girls, and I was so proud of them because they, every adversity that they faced, which was mountains for others, they just turned into speed bumps. Mm. Um, it was just a phenomenal group, and, and what they pulled off was just amazing. So turning adversity into speed bumps. Oh, I love that concept. I want to come back to that. And John, as an assistant coach who has a daughter on the team, what was it like for you to see that from both sides, both as a parent and as a coach? Hey, surreal, surreal to go through it from the top down. You know, you got some, you got Denny Ziegler um, leading from top and, and Todd Church being the, uh, the mental kind of head coach with, uh, you know, the the, the, that, that, that head part of this, I was just carrying the cones, man, and, and, and making sure everything was done. I didn't do a whole lot, but from my standpoint, emotions were high. Thanks, Brian. Yeah. And let's go to our student athletes, Maddie, first for you, what was the championship season, you know, during a time where as a senior in high school, you, no one thinks that their last year of high school is going to include a pandemic, right? None of us have ever been through this before. And you were able to turn that into a perfect season and a national national ranking and a state championship. What was it like for you as you reflect back, Maddie? Yeah, I think it was really special because I remember before a season started, I remember like, oh, two weeks before we were supposed to have tryouts, I was like sitting in my room and crying because it looked like we weren't even going to have a season. And I knew um, like we had a really special group of girls this year that I kind of knew, I think we all knew from the beginning of the season that we had a chance to make it really far. And so to not even have a chance in my mind, which is what I thought was like really heartbreaking. So getting in the opportunity, like for Mr. Ziegler and like all the work that we had to put in and we had to make a lot of sacrifices, but it was so worth it. Cause in the end, you know, we, we got the gold. So it was like super special and really amazing part. Very cool that a season that starts with tears ends with tears and some of those tears are of, of uncertainty and the tears at the end of the season are tears of joy. And I like to say that every, every day that you cry and every day you let that spirit come out of you because that's what the tears are is a great day. And Sarah, what was it like for you as you reflect back on the season? Um, like Maddie said, it was really special because at the beginning of the season, obviously we were scared that we wouldn't even have a season at all. Um, I think it was just special because there was so much going on, but like throughout it all, you could tell that everyone on the team still had the same goal in mind. Like nothing was going to stop us. We were going to make the sacrifices that we had to make. Um, so it was just like pure joy at the end, just to see like it all worked out 
it all paid off and we were able to make it to the end and finish it the way we wanted to. Awesome. And Shelby, let's, what about you? What was this? What was the uh, senior year championship season undefeated during a pandemic? What was that like for you to go through? It was just the most amazing thing and starting hopeful and having the mentality that every game might be your last and playing as hard as you can. It was just, I went into every game with my teammates and I think we all were gunning for it. And so during the playoffs, we just kept that mentality and finally getting there and winning my last year. It was so great. Fantastic. Congratulations. And Peyton, what about for you? I know we're just catching you hot in off of a workout. You know, what was it like for you to pull off a championship season in your senior year? I think it was really cool because um, in the beginning of the season, like we didn't know if we were going to have anything and to build that want and that like, we got this, we have to keep pushing and like, just be together. It really built a really cool team. And I don't know, we got such good friendships out of it that we were just, I don't know. We just kept building and building and building. And then we formed this like amazing team and you like in the playoffs, like we just kept building and it just increased. Like every time as we went on, we just kept like getting better as a team. And I thought that was pretty cool because we all wanted that. And it just, it started from when we couldn't have it. And it was just building that want for the game. And it's amazing what you can get when you have a group, a group of people who are all committed to the same task and committed to the same goal and all you know, to use the term pulling on that same end of the rope, you know, not pushing the rope so that it goes in all different directions, but pulling on that ropes rope. So it comes in the, in that same direction. And let's go to athletic director, Denny Ziegler. Now who's, who's as an athletic director, it's interesting because you're not at practice every day. You're not on the field. You're not making substitutions or having anything to do with playing time, but you're a part of the program and that you support the program and you're there with coach education and athlete education. And Denny, we've had the chance now, I think to work at maybe together three different high schools. And what is it that was so special about this team at Strongsville from your perspective? Um, from my perspective, you know, it was a willingness that they had the NDCQ, you know, as I shared with Todd, you know, the not dead can't quit mentality where every single opportunity every day they live to their fullest, not knowing if they were even going to have a season or, you know, when their last game was going to be. Um, and for me, I think it all started with buying and buying from the girls and buying from Coach Church. Um, you know, it started back in the summer when I, I mentioned something to Coach Church about the boat cruise, um, you know, and how I've used some of the boat crews in some previous positions and how, you know, some different teams have used the boat crews to motivate themselves, but to also bring accountability to their team. Um, and I really think that Coach Church took that a, a step further with his team. And with all the restrictions that we had from the state, um, you know, as far as the number of kids on a field at a time and groups and, you know, spectators that they really took advantage of every single opportunity that we gave them um, and made sure that they left nothing out there, you know, for the what if or, you know, if I would have done this or should have done this or could have done this. Um, so from my perspective, you know, I can honestly say that this team's probably the team that has bought in the most um, to a lot of things that I have kind of brought up to the coaches uh, as far as the mental aspect of the game. Um, but there are also some that also had the biggest growth mindset, um, you know, and that started with the coaches to the, you know, the student athletes on. Now, there's never a time where I heard 
you know, as I walk through practice, someone saying, oh, you know, why are we doing this? Or I can't do this. And, and it just seemed like every practice I went to, there was energy, enthusiasm. They were constantly doing things different, um, you know, and that's just, that's a testament to the girls themselves as student athletes, as well as to the coaches. And I mean, as you can tell, we, I mean, the roster is star started from the top to the bottom, you know, and these four student athletes here, you know, are going on to play D1 sports, but we also have some other, you know, some other girls still on the team that are going to big time places in, you know, the next few years. So I just think as a, as an AD um, standpoint, it was the buy-in process from the coaches on down to the team, um, you know, that really made them special. Love it. And, and you know, talking about not dead, can't quit mentality. And the, one of the athletes, I think it was shared about that, how every game might be your last. And Denny, you bring up the boat crews and coach church. I want to come to you because I think as a coach going into a season, obviously with four seniors that are going to play division one women's college soccer, the expectations that come, I think for every team in Strongsville, which is one of the top athletic districts in the country in there in Ohio is there's a lot of expectation. And sometimes with expectation, the pressure of the expectation can get in the way of the execution. Couple that with a pandemic where you have all these new restrictions as a head coach and what can we do? What can't we do? You know, and all the different things that come with that as a head coach, what did you feel like from a mental performance standpoint? Like, how did you use the boat crews? How did you adapt and adjust what you needed to do coaching during a pandemic? And how did you kind of keep everybody on that same page towards where you wanted to go and ending in a perfect pandemic season. Uh, it is, it is great. Now, uh, Brian, you get a chance to look back on it during the season and you're going through it. You really don't have time to reflect. You're just in the moment, but now that I've had, you know, half a week to look back. Um, I really do believe that we did win the state championship when we were shut down here in Ohio in April and May. I'm not a real creative guy. Um, and, and, but Denny, he, he's the first athletic director that I've had that he appreciates the extras. And um, I value that because he gave, he gave me that boat group idea. We, we were shut down in Ohio. We couldn't have practices. We couldn't do anything. We were in quarantine for about a month. Um, so I, I took that idea and then coupled it with uh, my, my good friend, Coach Felton, who's on the call with this year, John. He, uh, he's very creative. And he said, listen, we can't get together, but let's, let's do something in Google Classroom. So we took the boat idea and we said, okay, we're going to take our, we have roughly 50, 60 girls in the program. And we took um, the four girls that are on the call with us here and, and a couple of our other seniors, they became the boat leaders and we assigned them seven kids. And we started, okay, we know what we can't do right now, but what can we do? And, and these ideas just started flowing and, you know, we were, we went through the roof and, and the team started building at that moment. And these girls, Sarah, Maddie, Peyton, uh, Shelby, they, I, they, their, their leadership qualities just went like this. Um, we were doing fitness stuff. Uh, they were doing it over zoom. They were, they were doing it in small groups. They were, going on bike rides, they're watching podcasts, they're, they're doing videos. We brought some of our distinguished alumni in to talk to the girls about what it means to be a Lady Mustang and just the history of the program. So where during a time where a lot of people in Ohio and around the country were lamenting about what they couldn't do, we just 
I just started taking ideas. I'm like, what can we do? And gave it to these guys. And they absolutely freaking ran with it. Um, and that was really the start, I think, of, of how we came together. And it just, um, I forget who's, who said it, but it just, or Peyton said it. We just, it just accelerated through the season. And it, during that last game at Crew Stadium, you know, I didn't have to give much of a team talk. As a matter of fact, I think the girls asked me to leave the locker room because they were like, we got this, man. We're, we're good. <laughs> they were. I, I could see it in their eyes. I'm like, okay, I'll, I'm, I'm going to excuse myself now. And it's a good thing that I did. Just stay out of their way at that point because it was so, so powerful. Mm. And I think that's, that's, that's the excitement about this call is that here's a program, perfect during the pandemic, that – when everybody else is shut down and then right now in the world, I mean, we're still shut down in the world. It's getting worse. It's not getting better. Right. And, and people look at it and they, they commit BCD blame, complain, they get defensive. What can't we do? And you consciously all made the choice to say, whoa, 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 time out here. What can we do? There may or may not be a season, but if there is, we want to make sure we're prepared. What can we do? And coach, you had the vision to say, Hey, we want to make this player led, not coach fed. And I want to commend the athletes on the call who were given the responsibility, but you took the responsibility. You took the responsibility to lead. And I want to come to our student athletes here and gals. I want you to kind of talk, you know, and, and for our listeners, this is a unique group. Okay. These four senior captains, let me, let me just drop this on you for a second. 70 wins, six losses, nine ties in four years. Okay. The two final eight appearances, one state final and a state championship in their senior year. Perfect season, 20-0-0. All going to play Division One college soccer. And I want to hear from you all. What were the keys that you think? Because here's the thing. We have a lot of athletes listening to this who haven't had a season yet in high school. They're in their senior year, haven't had a season, and they're listening to this podcast going, I want to do what they did. I want the results to take off. What would you share with the listeners around the country that are in high school that are that are, are hopefully going to have a season that they can be doing right now with their team, player led to 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 continue to grow and get better and stay connected? What did you all do during that shutdown and pandemic that you'd like to share with other people? Let's go to Sarah first. Sarah, what were some of the key things that you felt like you did or your your uh, classmates and captains did to stay connected during the pandemic that you would share with others? Um, I would just say like getting invested and getting to know them because like especially over Zoom calls and stuff like that usually we see them in person but we had to get to know them like over the phone. Um, I think it's just getting everyone involved that's from JVB all the way to varsity and getting everyone like just on track with what we're doing and I think that's what we did this year like all the way down from JVB to varsity you could tell everyone was plugged in everyone was trying their hardest at practice. Um, and I think it was important for us to just keep encouraging them that, um, it kind of sucks right now. We can't go out. We can't do the things that we usually would do, but it's important to us. And I think it was important to them too. And I think we engraved that early into them and that's kind of what led us here. Awesome. And I want to go, let's go to, uh, Shelby and we're talking about, you know, what did you do during this pandemic when you were all on lockdown and in quarantine to kind of stay connected and help your team develop the other high school student athlete leaders, college student athlete leaders who are in, in that same boat could, could take and use, what are the strategies that you use to help prepare for that perfect season during the pandemic? Shelby? Like you said, I think it's easy for players to BCD or just sit down and take everything through the motions. But I think our program, especially 
we went hard every time we had a practice, you know, every workout we were given players were doing the extras. And I think it shows throughout the practices. And like we were saying, it increases as we do more. And I just think the harder you work, I mean, the more success that we received. It's like the success cycle that you just dropped there, Shelby, from Dr. Rob Gilbert in Success Hotline, right? Where I think he says, the harder you work, the better you perform. The better you perform, the more you like it. The more you like it, the harder you work. The harder you work, the better you perform. The better you perform, the more you like it. The more you like it, the harder you work. And it's like an energy cycle, right? And it's like the more energy that you give to your team, you get that energy back right? It's like the energy is a life cycle. And the question is only this, the question is, are you an energy giver or an energy taker, right? Energy takers, the cycle just starts spinning the other way. You take other people's energy. Now they're zapped and they have to take other people's energy. And next thing you know, you got a bunch of energy vampires running around and we're all wondering why we can't perform well. Cause we got energy vampires instead of fountains and energy givers, which I know is what you had to bring on a day-to-day basis to pull off the perfect pandemic. Let's go to Peyton Peyton strategies that you're sharing as a state champion, one of the top elite soccer players in the country, Strongsville, Ohio. Peyton, what are you sharing with other student athlete leaders, college and high school they might be able to do to stay connected and pull their teams together strategies that you've used? I think a big thing was, um, you have to be committed to what you talk about. So like coach church talks about how you want to be good, but then there's a different, there's a big step between good and great. And I think us being committed to being good is like not enough for for us to win that state championship. And I think all the girls who were in the pandemic with us and like went through the whole program, they were all committed into taking that big step that you had to get to, to be that great athlete that, gave us that opportunity to play in the playoffs or even play anywhere, but like to be committed to what you like talk about and what you preach, I think is a big thing. So you can't just say like, I'm a great player. You have to be that great player. You have to step out from being good to being great. I think that was a big thing. You know, I, Peyton, I love how you said that, that there, there's a, there's a gap, right? There's a gap between good and great. And I think, that what you were all able to do, you know, with strategy and with the commitment that you had and the hard work is you were able to close that gap from good to great and come home with, with the perfect season and a state championship. And, you know, I want to, I want to hear from Maddie uh, strategies that, that you've used during the pandemic to help you think with the mental performance of your team and connection with your team. And then I want to go to John now assistant coach with Strongsville, who has a head coach won four state championships. So John, I want to come to you after Maddie with how do you, how do you close the gap? How do you get athletes to close the gap from good to great? Because you've obviously been great at doing that, or you wouldn't have five state titles that you were a part of. So let's first go to Maddie and then John, Maddie, what, what did you do that you felt worked during the pandemic? Um, so I think one big thing is like, we aren't in a team setting every day like we usually would be. So you have to put in a lot of work on your own time. And um, I think it's easy to say, oh, well, I'll do this with my team. I don't really have to work hard on my own. But we didn't see each other until almost August. So that was two months that we would have been practicing every day almost by our, with our whole team. And so I think it was really important for us to be dedicated and put in the hard work of um, like doing stuff on our own time. And I think that's one one reason why we succeeded a lot. And then I think another thing too is that there's like a ton of really great soccer players in, in Ohio. There's a lot of really great teams that have amazing players, but I think 
one of the big differences between our team and a lot of other teams is that um, like all the extras Coach Church gives us, like the extra podcasts and motivational things. And I think it really connects our team on a different level. And we kind of know how to face adversity. And a big thing that we've done for the past couple of years is E plus R equals O. So um, the event plus our response is the outcome. And the only thing you control is your response. And we learned how to deal with adversity in a lot of different ways. And I think um, that's why our team is probably, well, was the most successful. Love that. Yeah, you were the most successful. 20-0-0 in women's soccer, almost unheard of. The perfect season during the pandemic. John, let's come to you. Fifth state championship, four as a head coach, one as an assistant here at Strongsville. Your daughter's a senior on the team during the season. How do you, as a coach, help athletes close that gap from good to great? Because you've obviously been successful at doing it with the record that you you and the results, they speak for themselves. Well, hey, I, I don't know if I can speak for the, the four seniors or the great Todd, but you know all the little extras that we do from a program um, – you know, they start back when the kids are eight, nine, 10, 11. You know, there's a pitcher out there that's got Peyton and, and uh, Shelby and Maddie and Sarah kind of sitting around watching a game when they were younger. And those kids sitting and dreaming and, and, and thinking, you know, what does it take to do the best? Todd Church works every night of the week with our youth program to be able to, to, to feed those kids in. So that elite level that these girls are at, that good to great, that one degree, a lot of that has happened from a skill standpoint when those kids were, were small, um, 9, 10, 11. Add the recipe of what Todd does best, and that is every single year he brings that mental side to the kids. These kids have all read books from the, you know, the excerpts of, of Captain Class to you know, Todd being a janitor with lead for God's sake to getting on the the energy bus to everything that you do. These kids have read those books. They've gone to these. We've brought these people in and the icing on the cake this year, which I thought was genius from, from Todd Church's standpoint was bringing in during the pandemic because we, I guess you could say we had nothing to do, but be great individually. So let's get our mindset was bring every single senior um, prior of significance into our program um, that was captain before and what it took for them to win their state championship. And so that build, you know, from, from younger until, till older was just capped off with Todd being great and these kids being great when they're younger. Love that. Uh, what you just said there, coach about, they had nothing to do, but be great. And I think, you know, greatness is not about where you're playing. It's how you're playing. Greatness is not about where you're an athletic director or where you're coaching, or it's unique with Coach Church and John, how Coach Church was the assistant and John was the head coach and you guys just swapped roles and the machine kept rolling and kept winning. So it's not where we coach. It's how we coach. It's not where we play. It's how we play. It's pandemic or no-demic. What are we doing? Well, we got nothing to do but be great. And how do we go to work to be great? And coach, I want to come to you here and have you talk about some of those 
books that you've shared with your team and the podcast and some of the tools that you as a head coach have shared with your team during this pandemic or that you use in some of those tools. Then I want to dive into coaching K through 12 because uh, that's a whole nother podcast that we can dive into, which is so good. But let's talk about some of the tools that you use and then athletes. I want to come back to you for your favorite, your favorite maybe piece of mental game, whether it's an E plus R equals O, whether it's an energy bus or a concept that you've taken from something that you've gotten from the Strongsville women's soccer program, but coach church, what are some of those tools that you've used with your team that you felt like have been most successful? One of my, one of my favorites that we just uh, stumbled on last year was when you came into Strongsville, uh, you talked about how important it was when something bad happened during a game, you got to flush it away. And as I was sitting there listening to you, I'm like, you know what? We all get together and celebrate when we score a goal. Um, but volleyball, they get together after every single point and they have that reset. And, and I started thinking, I'm like, why don't we do that in soccer? Because there's so few goals scored in soccer. That's a huge moment in the game when you get scored on and things can really unravel um, when you get scored on. And, and I saw that and I'm like, it just, it clicked right there. I'm like, that makes perfect sense. And, and I spoke to you afterwards and, and you kind of gave me the idea of, okay, what would that look like in soccer? Um, and it's, we have it now. The keeper gets the ball. She throws the ball back towards the center circle. All 11 girls come together. And it's just a, through proximity, through the positive things of touch and, and positive words it allows you to get rid of that moment that you just got scored on and go to the next moment. And it, it has been so effective. Um, probably the best example of it that we had this year, we were playing in the regional final. So it was, a, you know, we had to win to go to the final four and it was against uh, Archbishop Hoban out of Akron who they were really, really good. And, and it was three to nothing and we were in control, but they had a very, very dangerous forward. And, uh, you know, she got loose and, you know, Maddie's on the call. And I think it would be interesting to hear her talk about this because she spoke about it to the team and she scored on us. Now I will tell you that there were probably two or three mistakes ahead of Maddie that led to that goal. Um, the goal wasn't, you know, her cause at all. Um, but she wasn't happy with her outcome on that play. And maybe she can just bring in, because I don't know what's said in those resets. I'd be interested to hear, because I, I don't hear it. I see the benefit of it, but I don't hear it. So maybe bring Maddie in and, yeah, and Maddie, tell us how that go. went. Wait, so that, that that goal happens. Yeah, I, I take it. Are you the keeper? No, I'm the center back. But um, on that play specifically, it was like one-on-one. -on -one and I like literally fell down and she got right past me and scored. And that was, I, I think it was the first time that we, so we'd only had four goals scored on us the whole year before that. And then we hadn't been scored on in over a month. And so um, I think it, and then it was like, kind of, I would say it was my fault that the goal was scored. So um, obviously I wasn't very happy, you know, like we were dominating the game. Now the whole tide's going to, the whole tide's going to shift over. So um it was really nice. Like our whole team came together and everyone's just like, okay, like now we know what we have to do better. Let's do better. And then let's finish off this game. And I think like I was telling the team the next game, if I think that if 
we wouldn't have done that. I would have been like mentally out of the game the rest of the, I would have been replaying that over and over. My teammates are mad at me. And I think that's something that's different a lot than in team sports than in individual sports. If you make a mistake in an individual sport, um, you can blame yourself and then you have to deal with it yourself. But in a team sport, I kind of felt like I let my whole team down. So when everybody came together and was like, hey, it's okay, let's do better. I think it got me back in like the my, the right mental state and um, we ended up pulling off the win. So I love that. And I love Maddie, man. It's so good how you just, how you just made a connection between, hey, volleyball does this. We did this after we gave up a goal. I didn't realize you only gave up four goals all year. I'm not surprised as good as you, as, as the program you all have been. But you know, when you don't give up a lot of goals, it, it means more when you do, right? So when you give up that goal and you're feeling bad because you fell down and you're taking the responsibility and your team comes together in a predetermined strategy of us going to be able to flush it when we give up a goal, that's able, as you just said, to help you get back into the game. And if mentally you're not back into the game after that, who knows? Maybe that player goes on a tear. Next thing you know, now it's 3-2. Now we're holding it a little bit tighter. Next thing you know, they put one by us and it's a tie game. So having that predetermined release that you would come to, I think is massive. Uh, and it's amazing to hear you say how that helped you in that pressure situation to get to the next play. And, you know, coach, I want to come back to maybe some of the other mental performance strategies that that you used in soccer, you know, like that flushing routine coming together after a goal. But as we give you time to think about that, I want to go to Shelby, then Sarah and Peyton and, and kind of say, you know, as, as Maddie shared the strategy of the release of the flush after a goal, Shelby, what's one of your favorite, maybe mental performance memories, or uh, maybe it was a podcast or a book or a concept that you learned through Strongsville women's soccer. Yeah, something Coach Church kind of came up with and told the team right before our first playoff game, or possibly second. It was a saying, burn the ships. And just a little story, I think it's from the Spanish conquistadors who went into battle and they left their ships or burned their ships. There was just no turning back for them. So I think that was just like a great mental saying because in every playoff game, especially for the seniors, it's your last one. So if you lose, you can't go back, it's over. So you have to go into every game willing to give it your all, give everything, burn the ships, no turning back. You just got to look forward. If you make a mistake, then you just got to keep looking forward because you need to be ready for the next play. Spanish conquistadors who left Spain and went across across the ocean into the Yucatan Peninsula, maybe Yucatan, not sure, but that peninsula in Mexico, right? And they got off their ships and they were going in to take the treasure and take the land of the Aztecs. And their, their, their leader said, Hey, we're going to, we're here. We're on the shore. Let's recover. Let's train. And now let's go take what is ours. But first let's burn the ships. And all the, all the soldiers were like, well, wait a minute, boss, you want us to burn our ships? Like, how are we getting out of here? And he said, look, we either win or we die. And that's playoffs in your senior year, right? You don't don't physically die, but metaphorically your career may, right? And he's like, burn the ships because we're going home in their ships with their gold. And when you make that total commitment of burning the boats and you know there is no retreat, the only way out is through. And it's like a dog. If you have a dog, I heard this one today. I thought it was so good. He's like, what happens if there's an intruder at your house? Or if there's an animal that sneaks into your property? If you have a dog, the dog starts barking and the dog goes after the intruder. The dog goes after the animal that sneaks onto your property, 
right? What do we do as human beings? If there's a snake that comes on my property, I'm going as far away from that thing as possible. The dog going right over to it, putting its nose on it, going, hey, you're at my house. And I think that's what you all did is when you burned the boats, you said, there's only one way out and that's going through. And we're taking which is ours, which is a state championship. And Sarah, let's come to you and talk about your maybe favorite mental performance memory or something that coach shared with you, a podcast, a book, a concept that you felt like stuck with you, like burning the boats or having that release after a goal is scored. Um, going back to Maddie, what Maddie said earlier, the E plus R equals O. Um, I think that really related to this year more than anything, because like we said, there's like a lot of unknowns. We didn't know if the next game would even happen. We didn't know if we'd have practice the next day. Um, and so there was a lot of things out of our control. Um, but the one thing we could control was our response and how we came to practice every day and how we performed. Um, just like that goal that happened, um, it was unfortunate that it did, but you know, we can't control it. It's over. It's in the past. So we just have to work on our response and we did respond good and we did all season. And I think that's what led us to where we came. You know, we, we can't control the events. We can't control the pandemic. We can't control the government. We can't control what they do, what they don't do online, in person, school. We can't control any of that, but we can control our response. And as, as I heard a great coach once, once say, he said, the bigger the event, the bigger the response that's required. And you all had a big event going into your senior year, a pandemic, and you chose a big event. You chose a big response, which led you to the outcome you were looking for. Let's go to Peyton. Peyton, anything that you think your favorite mental performance memory or something that you learned through the Strongsville soccer program that you feel like is something you'll take with you the rest of your life? Um, one of the biggest things I think I'm going to take and just keep with me is like that deep breath before you do anything. And that's helped me through so many things because state semis, I believe it was, there was this free kick. And I just took that deep breath and I just felt it. And it was just like, and I did what I did. I like, you just have to, and it just releases every stress, like before any free kick, before any corner kick, um, a restart, anything. I just deep breath and it helps like, just like my mental game just goes up so much more because I'm just dialing, I'm focused. It's like basketball. They have like their little dribble before they take their free throw. I'm not really positive, not really good with um, basketball, but <laughs> just that reset of just take a deep breath and then do what you have to do. Amazing. You know, coach, it's, it's fascinating to me to hear how clearly and easily your players are able to talk about these mental performance concepts. And how important do you think it was as a head coach that the mental game work that you did, how critical was that in terms of you winning the last game, being the last team standing and pulling off a perfect season, you think? Well, I, I, I've learned I've learned now over the years, uh, Coach Felton gave me a years ago, it kind of started me on this path, Brian. It was the book lead for God's sake. And that kind of started me thinking because, you know, I, as the JV coach under Coach Felton, you know, he brought me along. Um, you know, I had some really good teams, but, you know, we didn't always perform at the level I thought that we should be performing at. And, and, uh, coach Felton just said, Hey, you need to read the book. It's time. <laughs> so, okay. I, I took a couple months and I, I finally picked it up and I'm like, Oh man, I see it now. The light bulb came on and, you know, the further I go, Brian, I, I, I know now that when, when talent is equated the thing that separates it is, is these little things that we have, the little pieces. 
because talent is going to be equated. You know, certainly these girls, these four are going to go on to play D1 soccer where the talent's even more level. Mm -hmm. um, everybody, there are no bad players. So that is the diff. That's the, it is the difference um, in performance. You know, the, the, how do you respond to things and, and, you know, burn the ships, the mentalities, the decisions, winning minutes, staying focused. But it's also now the, the skill that needs to come in is, okay, you can put posters up on the wall. You can say these things. You can bring quotes in, but it's, okay, when do you, when do you need to bring it in? When do you need to use it? And then um, can you get the buy-in from the girls where they can see how it applies and, and show it in action so that they're like, oh, yeah, okay, I, I get it now. Hmm. Um, so if I've gotten good at anything, there's lots of things that I still need to get better at, but I am getting better at not only finding these little things, but to, to when, when, when is it a good time to apply them? Um, and this, this team was, they were scary good at how they responded to things. You know, I'm not going to lie. Like, you know, we, as always, you know, we struggle with some officials and calls, you know, um, the girls actually respond to those bad calls probably better than, better than I do in some cases. It's absolutely amazing. These guys were just unflappable this year. Hmm. Um, just nothing stood in their way. And it's fun to watch that, that burn the ships mentality. Um, the first 10 minutes of all of our playoff games, they, they were scary. I mean, they came at our opponents so hard in the first 10 minutes. We scored early in almost every match, which is huge in a big game. Sure. I mean, these guys, these guys average four and a half goals a playoff game. In Ohio, the tournament is hard to get through in Ohio. There's 150 Division I big schools. That's the division we're in. Everybody's in the tournament. You got to win seven games and a winner, winner, go home mentality over a month. It is mentally, physically really hard to do. And usually you get taken to the brink once or twice. I mean, these guys, they didn't score any less than three goals in any game through the state title. And it was, it was often, it was early and just a real testament to them. They were just unbelievable and how they applied this stuff. You know, we can all say this stuff, sure. but man, they applied it and it was just so cool to watch. They're wonderfully talented, deep character, intelligent. I, I've never had more fun with a senior group having conversations with them. Sometimes at halftime, it was just, there was a great understanding and trust level. Um, I trust them highly. I trust coach Felton and the rest of my staff highly. And, uh, it, the process was just unbelievably fun with these guys. Yeah. It's, I, lo I love talking, you know, and everyone might say, well, yeah, they were 20 and oh, they gave up four goals all year. Of course it's going to be fun. But I think the fun comes before, right? I think it's the choice of we're not going to wait till we win to have fun. We're going to have fun. And that gives us a better chance to win. And I think, well, a big mistake that I see a lot of high school coaches make is they think they're coaching nine through 12 and they coach at the high school. And I've had a chance in mental performance. I was a high school AD for eight years and I've had a chance in mental performance for the last maybe 15 years to work with some of the top high school programs in the country. Like I, like you'd said earlier, I've been to Strongsville. I've actually been to Strongsville twice many years ago with um, Josh Sorge in the, in the baseball program. And now most recently with y'all and, and, uh, 
and, and Coach Ziegler. And I think the best high school programs I've been around, whether it's a football team in Texas, a wrestling team in Vermont, a girls soccer program in Ohio, the one thing that those coaches do is those coaches are all in. And what I mean all in is they are coaching K through 12. They are touching somehow, some way, every player who will come into their potential program at the high school level, they are either touching those, those athletes through camps, through clinics, um, they're coaching at the youth level, or they're mentoring and educating those coaches who are touching those kids in the K through 12, uh, program so that there is a direct alignment and clear communication and support and accountability K through 12. And that's how we don't win once in a while, but we win forever. And when you're looking at a, a program like Strongsville, who's won five state championships, I mean, to win five state championships in any sport in Ohio was a massive accomplishment. And that's winning forever. So, Coach Church, where, t- talk a little bit about, if you would, that kind of coaching K through 12 and in the system and the development of the whole program. And, you know, how can coaches listening to that that are maybe not doing that, but, but can agree with, with the idea and the concept that they should be, how can they kind of get started? How do you do that? Well, I, I think, yeah, it is hugely important. You're absolutely right. Um, you know, we're a public school. We, we only get the kids to, to come to us that live within the confines of our city. Um, so you better be out there, you know, developing your talent. And, you know, Coach Felton had the model in when I got there with him. Um, he was already doing that. And I, I, he will say, and I, I agree with him 100%, the real magic real magic in, in building that connection with your youth athletes. Yes, you have to do the camps. You have to be out there working with them and coaching them. And that's what we do. Um, we do it all the time. And the kids do know us. I, it's, that's another reason why it was so much of a, of a joy this year, because I've known these girls since they were six or seven years old. And to see them evolve into who they are and then go out like they did is just, I'm so proud of them. Um, but on the other side of that, the real magic is we bring these girls in. Um, all the little girls, they want to be Shelby Salee. They want to be Sarah Robertson, Maddie Snyder, Peyton Felton. They know them. They interact with them. We plug the girls in. I'm just another old guy telling these young kids what to do. They don't want to hear from me. But, man, you, you have Shelby Salee or work with Peyton or Maddie or Sarah. You are selling a dream now. And, and they're so good at it. Um, but again, you know, Coach Felton put that in many years ago. I'm just, I'm kind of a steward now, um, uh, trying to add little pieces as we go. But uh, it is magical when, when things start going like that. And, and you have young kids that were down there at Columbus. You know, we had four ball girls that are in sixth or seventh grade that were down there um, who were watching with wide eyes. And, uh, that's when you can get some real magic to happen within a community. Um, and we have tremendous support. You know, I, like I say, I can't say enough about what, what Denny Ziegler's done with their athletic department. He's given us not only the freedom to, to do these things, but he, he encourages it. He supports it. Um, you know, he's in and, and we've just got a great, uh, we have a great, we have a great thing. I mean, and it's just fun to keep it going. Awesome. Let's go, Sarah. You know, what's it, what's it like for you when you're now a senior and you have the accountability, the responsibility, 
you know, that Strongsville soccer, it's on your watch, not just this year in your senior year, but for the young players coming up through the elementary schools that are, that are coming to want to be you and are, and are looking to you. Do you see that when you're working those camps? What, what is, what is your mindset like going into those to work in those events? Um, well, I just always think back to when, like, well, after we won, I was just thinking like in 2011, I remember when, um, that team won and it was just like so exciting for me to watch them do that. And to imagine myself doing that one day. So I always think like they're always watching you, even like at the youngest age. So I just have to act in a certain way. You know, I can't be like, I'm an influence for these girls. So um, just every like time I step on the field, every time I'm around them, I just have to be encouraging. Um, and just, I don't know, just be a role model for them because they're looking at every step that you do, especially like, I think about like my freshman year, I just looked at the seniors and how they acted, how they led their team. Um, and you kind of just follow in their footsteps. So that's what I think about every time I'm around them. It's awesome. Shelby, what about for you? What's it like having grown up in that community and, and, and seeing the whole thing from when you were, you were maybe the ball girl who's running around as a, as a, you know, elementary school student wanting to go to Strongsville, play soccer. And now you're on the other end where you're, that person these people are looking to talk us through that kind of progression and what that's been like for you. Well, yeah, I mean, Strongsville soccer is a great program. So I'm looking up to these amazing girls, all Americans, all Ohio players that in 2011, they won the championship. And especially when coach church brought them back on for my senior year to hear them speak, it almost brings tears to your eyes. Cause you know, these are the people I looked up to. They wanted this as much as bad as I want it to. So just knowing that this trained mentality of wanting to push each other has gone through the program for years and makes me want to keep that same mentality. So the girls that are younger can look up to me. It's awesome. So good. So good. And obviously want to want to thank you all for coming on to the podcast. I mean, so much goodness coming out of this today. And I think there's so many great lessons there for coaches and for athletes and for parents listening to this about the importance of mental performance and for athletic directors. I mean, Denny, I'd like to come to you to maybe, to maybe close it out for us here with this podcast. And, you know, why is it important for you, Denny, as an athletic director to bring mental performance mastery, whether it's a 30 day athletes program, a coach's certification, like you had me come to Strongsville. I think we were talking about coming there and doing it before your first day on the job. Why is it important for you to, to educate your coaches and athletes on mental performance mastery? I think it's overlooked, you know, as a, as a coach, you know, you always make the comment, Oh, you know, that 90% of the game is mental and 10% is physical, but nobody wants to spend you know, the practice or nobody wants to come out to practice field 15 minutes early to work on the mental game, or they want to find ways to, you know, um, incorporate the mental aspect during a practice or during a game. Um, you know, and one of the things that I've been trying to instill here, which I know that the soccer program has, has done is, you know, finding measurables and how do we, you know, how do we work on process-based practices over, you know, results driven, um, no, so one of my takeaways from this team is how much more can we do with our process-based practices and games to get the outcomes we want? And you know, there's one there's one measurable that you know that some other teams found, you know, with our aerial balls and how often we won those. 
Um, so now it is trying to get that translated over to all of the other sports that we have. Um, so, I mean, I think it's just important to be able to say, Hey, if you want, if you want the results, there's more than just going out there and performing. It's the behind the scenes, you know, as I call it, it is training our athletes to be mentally tough. It is training our athletes to understand exactly what the process means. And it is training our coaches to understand exactly what that means to be successful. It's okay to sacrifice training time to work on individual skill set. Um, you know, so for me, that's, that's something that I strive on. It's awesome. Denny, I appreciate you kind of tying that together for us as a leader in the Strongsville athletic department. And, you know, it's been, a, it's been an absolute privilege to have you all here uh, today on, on the mental performance mastery podcast. It's not every day that you get a team that's perfect. That goes 20. Oh, and Oh, it's not every day you get a team that does that during a pandemic. And it's not every day that you're able to get the athletic director head coach, former head coach, who's got a daughter, who's a senior and four seniors who are going on to play division one college soccer all on a call at the same time. So coach church, John, Sarah, Shelby, Peyton, Maddie, Denny Z. It's been a privilege to have you with us. Congratulations on being perfect in the pandemic. And thank you for sharing your experience. So hopefully together we can touch some of the lives of the coaches and athletes who are going through a pandemic on their own and looking for strategies that they can take to help close that gap from where they are to where they want to be. So whatever you do, keep impacting lives. Thanks for being with us. Congratulations. Thanks for listening to the Brian Kane Mental Performance Podcast on the Ironclad Content Network. If you liked the show, be sure to leave us a rating and a review. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Brian Kane Peak. I'll see you next time.